If you let retirement just happen, chances are you won't be happy for too long. Looking back, you'll wish you planned more, a lot more. On today's show, five things you can do now to help you get to where you want to be in retirement. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. This is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve's best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He is a sought-after speaker because he helps other advisors learn how to transition from acquisition to distribution. And, and Steve, you've pretty much made your career that. By the way, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you this evening? Very, very well, thanks. And again, that's that is you, right? I mean, you you have spent your career for the most part working with people, getting them into retirement, getting them through retirement, and and you've got some great strategies and thoughts and insight that you bring to other advisors. Yeah, no, I, and one of the first things I talk about with clients and with advisors is really sitting down and crafting the well-defined goal. And that's how I start off my book. It's how I start off almost every one of my presentations. Because, you know, many people arrive at retirement and realize they have no idea how they're going to spend the hours in their day. So, and most advisors talk about goals, right? But they, they really just kind of give lip service to it. They might just say, oh, you know, when do you want to retire? And that's your goal. But they haven't asked people about the things that they want to do in retirement. Right. And if you're getting to retirement or maybe you got laid off or maybe you know medically you can't you can't do it anymore and yet you, you're coming to retirement a little bit sooner than you would have liked right it's important that you think about how you want to spend the hours in your day and what you're actually going to do in retirement because if you don't it can snowball into a myriad of other problems because you could you know if you're if you if you're just sitting around all day it can lead to health issues it can you know you can lead to spending more shopping more um, and not to mention annoying your spouse if you're, if you're just sitting around <laughs> exactly. the house doing nothing. Exactly. And so, you know, it's important to give that thought. So one of the things that I always like to ask people is when you've had time off from work, what are the things you like to do? Because usually what I found is that in retirement, the stuff that you were doing pre-retirement, like on vacation and, and whatnot, you usually do more of that. So the stuff that you do on weekends, the stuff that you do when you've had time off from work, that's that's usually the stuff you're going to do more of in retirement. And then look and say, all right, well, who are the people that I do that with? And are they going to be able to do that also? Right. Right. Um, so, you know, that's important, too. So why do I say that? Well, sometimes you might say, and I get this a lot, is, you know, people come down here to Florida and they don't really know anyone. Right. And some people come in and they they're just kind of the life of the party and they meet people right away and that. And they love it, right? Yeah. Other people come down here and are miserable. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you've seen these people before oh, sure. at the grocery store and, and whatnot. They just—they're not enjoying. It's—they're they're the kind of people who walk around complaining about the humidity. They don't—they don't enjoy it at all. They're not having fun. They're not doing activities. And that's not because Florida's bad. It's because they came down here and maybe they don't have that those same friendship circles that they had wherever they were. And so they didn't give any real thought to, you know, how they were going to spend their day in retirement. And that's, that's, uh, that's something that you, you see very often. Um, it's if you don't have family and friends down here and you're not, and you're kind of introverted and it's hard for you to make friends, um, and you're not someone who's going to go out and do activities and, and, and meet new people, then moving just to move 
to potentially save taxes, which is why a lot of people move down here, is not always going to be the best thing for you. So that's why it all starts with how you're going to spend your day. Because when you retire, it's not just your paycheck that stops. It's a part of your identity. For the last 45 years, people have asked you when they met you, oh, what do you do for work? Right? Yeah. Um, It's 40 to 60 hours of your, your week. Right? So if you don't have a plan to get fulfillment in retirement and to do things that you enjoy and how and a plan for how you're going to spend those hours in the day, then your retirement will be off to a kind of a bad start. Now you can always course correct and think about it and, and find things to do, but it's nice to travel and to volunteer, but it's better to, to think about that ahead of time and have that kind of laid out as to what you're going to do. Sure. Well, again, so once we establish sort of the vision of what we think retirement should be, we got to start digging into the budget and, and understand what it takes to keep our to keep our life afloat. Exactly. And that's why working with an advisor who specializes in retirement distribution planning is so important because guess what? That's a moving target. So when you're in retirement, you have you have your goals. You have your we've crafted that well-defined goal. We kind of have a sense of what your your lifestyle is going to look like. Then we can assign a cost to it. But that's not an exact science. So you're going to project what that budget's going to cost. It could run significantly different. So I'll give you a perfect example. I've had several clients who their goal has been to, you know, was to buy an RV and travel around the country. Mm-hmm. Well, when we originally budgeted on that, we weren't budgeting at gas at $6 a tank, right? No, we were and not. So, and so that's, that changes the budget of that. So that's why it's important that you're working with an advisor who's reviewing your situation and reviewing your costs to make sure that you're still allocated correctly based on your spending and, and when you're going to use the money. And so little little differences in your day-to-day expenses, they can add up. And that if you have significantly more expenses than what you originally budgeted for, then allocation changes need to be made. And we've talked, we talk about this so much on the show, but your spending and your goals should be what determines your asset allocation, not some cookie cutter portfolio. And so if your plans maybe stay the same, but the costs change, then you still need to adjust. Sometimes your plans change. Well, why does that happen? Well, things go wrong in retirement, right? And usually things don't go wrong just one at a time. They kind of tend to snowball and cluster, right? So you maybe, um, you know, you have a health issue and then um, the boiler breaks in your house and, you know, you have, you have a, a child get divorced and move back home temporarily, you know, like, a, so it's usually like two or three things that go wrong at once that derail a plan. But if you're, if you're adjusting on the fly, and you're you're working with an advisor who's doing reviews and and making changes as the facts on the ground change that that makes a huge difference so it's it, it's it's important to have a, a relationship with an advisor who's reviewing your situation on an ongoing basis it's much more important to have an advisor in retirement than it is pre-retirement because when you're planning for retirement you can make mistakes because you have the benefit of time and so you you invest in a stock and it goes down, well, you have time for it to come back up. Um, if it doesn't come back up, you still are working, so you're still making more money and you can you can kind of offset that loss. Um, changes like what we're going through in the market now, if you haven't properly allocated um, your assets and you're counting on that money to live on and you, you, you just watch it lose 20 or 30% in a, a span of a couple of months, it's a lot more nerve wracking. 
than someone who's properly allocated and says, you know what, the money that's in the stock market is not money that I'm planning on spending in the next five years because they've given thought to what their their goals are and what their spending it projects to be. And that makes all the difference in the world. And that's the peace of mind that we offer our listeners every week. Um, we give you an opportunity to sit down with us. Uh, we put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And, uh, you know, it's really a, a soup to nuts uh, plan. And we go through every everything with you and we will show you, all right, based on what you told us in that first meeting, here's what we project it's going to cost. Here's the type of lifestyle your assets and income can support. And we'll, we'll find out if there's a shortfall or a surplus. And if there's a surplus, we'll tell you how much. And if there's a shortfall, we'll tell you how much. And that that in and of itself gives you a lot of peace of mind. And then we offer you strategies on how to get to where you need to go. 800-705-9995. You will get that comprehensive financial review that Steve just described. And what you'll find is that you now have a roadmap that can help guide you, help get you to where you need to be. So you got nothing to lose. Give us a call. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. It's called the Great Resignation. Millions of people leaving the workforce every month. If you're among them, or considering it, we've got some tips on what you should do with that money in your old retirement accounts. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is an independent. He's a fiduciary. He's been helping folks for more than 20 years. You can learn more about he and what he does at laurelws.com. That's laurelws.com. I encourage you to visit that website. And uh, the so, yeah, the great resignation, Steve. This is sort of unprecedented. We really haven't seen anything like this before. And... Um, how how are you dealing with it? And, and how do you see this uh, playing out? Well, I, I mean, I think what you're going to see is this trend is going to continue now for um, has just has just started. Right. But I think it's going to get even worse because what happened is, is that you got to figure the the oldest baby boomers are about 75 years old. The youngest baby boomers are about 57. Now, believe it or not, there are a lot of baby boomers two years ago that were in their early 70s that were still working. Um, and then the pandemic, maybe they didn't want to switch to virtual work or they just didn't want to do it anymore. So they, those people who are still kind of hanging on, a lot of them all retired all at once. Um, and then now you have the younger people who are, um, are also that, you know, for whatever reason during the pandemic decided, you know what, I have enough money saved. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too stressful. And they also hung it up early. So you've got a big wave of people. I think that's that's that trend is actually going to continue because that only talks about the people who didn't love the whole working virtually. Right. There's a lot of people who like the working virtually. And when they have to go back to an office, which is going to start to happen probably in the next year or two, you're going to see another wave of resignations because there are a lot of people who are, who I meet with on a regular basis that are saying, oh, you know what? I was going to retire two years ago, but I'm working from home. It's not so bad. Right. Exactly. I'll keep doing this as long as they'll keep paying me working from home. Right. Um, And at some point, I think people are going to go back to the office. It's it's starting to happen now. And I think when that happens, I think you're going to see, especially in urban areas where people have to commute, um, you know, once you've gone two or three years from working from home and then you have to go back and sit in traffic, um, 
not the most fun thing. Not the most um, fun thing. Well, again, with that many people leaving and, you know, the great resignation, as they say, or quitting your job, <laughs> the simpler way to say it, um, there's a lot of 401k plans out there that uh, are just sitting there. What do we do with that if, if we are in that uh, mix of people who quit? Yeah, so um, you can, obviously, you have the choice to leave it. You have the choice to roll it. You have the choice to cash it out. Um, you have the choice to convert it, right? So let's kind of talk all of those choices through. All right, good. So when does it make sense to leave it in your existing 401k? And contrary to popular belief, there are situations, now most advisors will tell you it never makes sense to leave it in your own 401k. Not true, not true. Sometimes your 401k plan is subsidizing your fees. So um, you could maybe have the same funds that you get in at a retail IRA. And if you're happy with those funds, if you're getting them at a reduced cost, then then great, keep, you can keep it in your 401k if, if that's the growth piece of your portfolio. A lot of times where it makes sense to keep money in your 401k is if you're a government employee, right? So if you're, uh, you work for the state, you work for, you're a teacher or you're, um, you know, a federal employee, sometimes your 401k will have a stable value fund. Um, some teachers have a six or 7% interest on their stable value fund. If that's the case and you've properly segmented your, your money, there's no safe alternative that's liquid. That's going to give you five or six or, you know, even, even 3% interest, um, in an IRA. So you're better to use the 401k asset and leave the, leave some money in there, the safe money, the safe piece of your portfolio, leave it in the old 401k and get the higher, the higher interest rate on the safety piece of your portfolio. Sure. Um, so there is, there is, there is a situation where you should leave some money in the 401k. That's interesting. I've never really heard that perspective, but I think that's important to hear. The other option too is now we're talking about people resigning. Now, what if your goal is not to resign, right? So now let's just say, and I, I have clients that are in their mid seventies that are still working. And they, they love what they do. They have no intention of quitting. Well, if you leave your money in your 401k, not only can you still contribute to it, but if you're working, you can also, you don't, you also don't have to take a minimum distribution. So, um, you roll that out into an IRA, all of a sudden you have to start taking a minimum distribution on it. So if you're older than 72, that would be another reason to leave it in your old 401k. All right. So let's talk about rollovers. Uh, so rollovers is by far the, the most common thing to do, right? And so you can either roll it into your new 401k if you switch jobs, or you can roll it into an IRA. I'm not a big proponent of rolling it into your new 401k because then a lot of times you're you're subject to whatever restrictions are on that are already existing 401k. And you're really getting no benefit because it's not like they match based on the balance, they match based on your contributions. So um, what the benefit of rolling it into an IRA is number one, you can control cost, you can control your investment choices. So right now you have no, in your 401k, your, your company or your plan administrator is controlling your investment choices. They're the ones deciding what funds are being offered. Uh, in an IRA, you can pick uh, whatever you want to invest in. Even it, you could even do some type of, uh, you know, custodial program where you invest in real estate or you invest in gold. Um, but there are, there are a lot of different things that you can do in an IRA that you can't do in a 401k. Um, some 401ks 
will offer an annuity feature, but the annuity feature requires you to annuitize your entire 401k balance. Well, say you wanted to get some type of an income for life, um, you could roll a piece of it into an IRA and do an annuity in the, in the IRA uh, for the piece that you want to generate income. So you have a lot more flexibility by rolling it into an IRA um, versus keeping it in the 401k. Okay. Now, the third thing you could do is cash it out, right? Um, and that's almost never <laughs> the right option. <laughs> right, exactly. Because remember, our tax brackets are incremental. So any money you take out of that 401k is going to be taxed as income. Also, most 401ks right off the bat are going to withhold 20%. If you happen to be under 59 and a half, um, you're going to owe a 10% penalty. So, um, and you know, that's, you know, that's if you're, you know, if you're under 59 and a half, but the, for most people they're uh, by the time they're retiring, they're, they're older than 59 and a half they're, but they're still going to get hit with that 20% taxes and then they might owe more, right? So it depends on how much you're withdrawing because our tax brackets are incremental. If you withdraw $200,000 to go pay off your mortgage and believe me, I've, I, I've been asked that question a thousand times. Should I, should I do that? No, absolutely not. Cause you're going to pay 30% in taxes at a minimum. Uh, whereas you could just take it out gradually pay, use your, use it to pay your mortgage and, uh, control your tax bracket, which again is best done in the context of a plan. And that's something that we offer our listeners every week. We'll sit down with you and we'll look at your overall picture and we'll say, here's the right place to own your growth stocks. Here's the right place to own your safe money. Did you know, hey, look, th this, this plan that you have offers a 4% fixed account. Well, we've told you that you need to have this much money safe and liquid. Wouldn't it be better to have that here in the 4% account than sitting in the bank at a 10th of a percent? And these are the little things that we'll point out um, and really why it makes sense to sit down with us. 800-705-9995. You'll get a comprehensive financial review. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Take advantage of this offer today. When you walk out, then you will have a roadmap that can really help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Running out of money is every retiree's worst nightmare. Good news. When we come back, we'll outline some things that you can do to help avoid that fate. And it's never too late to start. Hey, we're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, Steve is an independent. He's fiduciary, 20-plus years in the business helping folks. He's a best-selling author, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist, and uh, so much more. So, Steve, yeah, this is it. Uh, the worst nightmare is running out of money. I mean, you hear it all the time, don't you? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's people's number one fear in retirement. And it's exacerbated by what's going on in the stock market today, right? So um, when you have a plan, it doesn't eliminate you from being upset or afraid when the market goes down, but it at least helps you keep focused and avoid making panic uh, type decisions and making mistakes. Well, one of those panic decisions is is going to cash, and and uh, as it turns out, we've got uh, we've got a, a piece of sound here from uh, his name is Meb Faber. He's co-founder and CIO of Cambria Investment Management, and so this is just all about cash and what his thoughts are on what should we be in cash or not. But if you look at cash on an after inflation basis, so going mm -hmm. back for the past 100 years, 
cash is lost and cash meaning T-bills. So not, not just putting things under the mattress, but actually putting in T-bills. After inflation, at one point, you lose half, okay? And so we did a, a post that said, you have to invest. And it could be a global portfolio. It could be stocks, bonds. And we're saying that's struggling this year. And the third missing piece that almost no one has is real assets like commodities. Um, that portfolio historically has been safer, less volatile, and a lower drawdown than cash has been over time. So what do you think, Steve? Is that, uh, that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a fair assessment. I mean, you, the only, I would say the only investment that really keeps pace with inflation over the long run is stocks. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of bonds. And so if you drill down and they've done further studies, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not opposed to having a piece uh, in commodities, but I don't think you sh- it should be that large of a piece. Um, I'm not a big proponent of bonds in, in the rate environment that we're in. Um, I think that you can, most of the stuff that you can accomplish with a bond, you could accomplish with either, um, you know, some type of a fixed annuity or um, a structured product and do it with less volatility than bonds. And when they've done studies uh, at the Stanford Longevity Center did a big study, um, they've shown that that's for a retiree actually a better mix than mixing in bonds. Um, so right now I'm not a big proponent of bonds, but I understand when you look back a hundred years, obviously through different interest rate cycles, having bonds um, does make sense. Sure it does. Um, it- commodities, because they have low correlation, makes sense, but it's not something you want to have a big piece of your portfolio in, but maybe a 5 to 10% stake in commodities is not the worst thing in the world. All right. 800-705-9995 is the number you can call. Uh, so again, to avoid that uh, fear of running out of money, I think you talked about overreacting, and that's what people are doing now, it seems. And and they're just saying, okay, I'm getting out of the stock market entirely and just going to cash. Yeah. So it get while the getting's good, right? So yeah. um, that's, uh, you know, you've had 11 years of, of, of pretty much up markets with a couple patches of some scary volatility in there in 2018 and 2020, obviously. Um, but you have this factor and it all, it all kind of ties into what we talked about last segment with the great resignation, right? Yeah. So if you've done the planning, you're much less likely to panic and sell out of your stocks. But let's just say you retired at the beginning of this year and you retired and you felt great, right? Your 401k was seven figures and it had been going up every year. And you said, you know what? I don't need to work anymore because I can I can live off of this money. And now you didn't make any changes. You didn't reallocate your portfolio. You didn't move the money that you need to live on in the next three to five years out of the stock market. And now um, you know your your 401k has become a 301k because it's lost 25% of its value. So you know, and that's that's scary, especially when it happens in the first three months of your retirement. So. When that happens, what a lot of people say is they say, you know what, I can't, I can't afford to see this go from a 401k all the way down to a 201k. Right. So I'm going to sell it out while it's still a 301k, and so, um, and that's that's what that's what happens. Sure it and, is. Um, that's never the right thing to do. What the right thing to do is is to to again do the planning, figure out. All right, the average market correction takes about 15 months to rebound. Um, what's the money I need in the next 15 months? If you're all in stocks or you're all in, 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 in a, uh, you know, kind of a cookie cutter asset allocation portfolio, maybe it makes sense to take the money in a, even in a market that's down like this, it would maybe make sense if you haven't allocated, um, done a, a kind of a time segmented allocation 
the money that you're going to need to spend in the next 12 to 18 months, maybe take that out of the, even, even if it's down, take it out so that it gives you the peace of mind not to sell out the rest. But going all to cash is not the right answer. Okay, fair enough. And then, but especially if we're sort of just getting into retirement or maybe we're getting close to retirement, all of a sudden we want to put all our money in stocks because maybe we haven't saved as much as we thought we should have. Right. And so that this is by far the, more, the least common, but I love it when I encounter these people um, because, you know, you, 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 these are people who are the same people who love the get rich quick Right. Of course they do. So now I understand (laughs) they've been they've been in CDs their entire life or they were in the fixed account in their 401k and then they realize they don't have enough to live on. So now the market's down. They say, here's my opportunity to jump in while stocks are down and I can make up for all that lost time. Well, that's great in theory, but you have to have the stomach for it. Now, if you've never really invested in stocks and then all of a sudden you go heavily into stocks, and you end up catching a falling sword, meaning that the the market continues to go down. If two weeks later you're you're down ten percent, chances are you're going to move it right back into that fixed account because you don't have the stomach for it. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, so it's it's important that you always do things in a measured way. And I'd say the same thing for people who are still working with upping their four hundred one k. So there's a, a temptation to upping your 401k contributions dramatically, especially when the market's down, if you've been behind the eight ball. I always say do it in, a, in stages, do it at one or 2% increases uh, to your contributions. And the same thing is true if you're looking to get into the stock market. Go in gradually, because if you do it in one big chunk, it's just the same thing as doing, the analogy I always make is the crash diet, right? So yeah, right. if you try and, say, all right, I'm cutting out all carbs and I'm, I'm not, and I'm only going to eat in a two hour window during the day. Well, that's really not sustainable. But if you gradually reduce the amount of carbs you're eating, or if you, you know, if you were doing intermittent fasting and you, you gradually uh, tried to reduce the number of hours in the day in which you're eating, that's sustainable. But if you try and do it all at once, it's not. And it's the same thing, the same thing with, with your investments. If you try and go too heavily in stocks, you're much more print prone to pull it all out. Um, and that's how you lose money. And so, um, you want to, you want to do things in the context of a plan. You want to sit down, you want to have a plan. And that's something that a lot of people fail to do. And so they just kind of, they have a self-appointed office expert that they listen to at the water cooler that says, Oh, you know, I just reallocated my 401k hundred percent into stocks because the market's down so much. Well, you don't know what that person has relative to you, and you don't know what piece of his portfolio that 401k is. And so you want to make decisions based on your yourself and your goals, and you want to always make decisions in the context of a plan. Of course. Well, and again, so Steve, why don't we invite folks to call? Come on, uh, you know, come on in and have that conversation with you. Determining the right allocation starts with your goals, which starts with a conversation. It's something we offer our listeners every week. Um, we would love to sit down with you. We also offer a lot of resources on our website. So if you're curious about, about me or the firm, you can go to laurelws.com. You can watch um, some of the videos I have on the website. There's also a link to the podcast. There's a link to my book. So um, it gives you a little bit of a foundation. Um, you know, if, you're, if, you're not, if you think you're not ready to, to sit down and do the planning, at least it gives you a little bit of a foundational knowledge 
Um, but we would love to have you give us a call and, and sit down and put together that plan. 800-705-9995. It's a comprehensive financial review, no cost, no obligation. But when you walk out, you will find out that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. We're crafting answers to your questions. Details when we come right back. Hey, we're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Again, having a great show today. Don't don't forget, you can visit Steve's website. That's laurelws.com. That's laurelws.com. Uh, also, he mentioned the podcast in the last episode, too, in our last segment, and I think it is important. You can get all these shows online all the time. And if you sign up, if you, you know, subscribe, we will send it to you every week. So it's in your podcast collection. You can find it on Apple, uh, you can find it on Google. You can find it on Amazon, iHeart, pretty much wherever you get a podcast, you can find The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I encourage you to do that and uh, take in the shows. Um, so, Steve, you know, are you doing – you said you were trying to get back into some kind of seminars, that kind of thing. Is that still in the wick? Yes, yeah, so I am. I'm in the process right now of planning a live event in Central Florida uh, in July. So uh, details will be forthcoming. Okay. Um, for our listeners, but yes, we are um, we are going back to doing some live education events, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get to see some of our listeners out there. Well, you know, education that really is something that you're passionate about, and that's what that's what so much of what you know an independent fiduciary advisor does for folks is is you teach people these are the things that we can do to help you get to retirement. Yeah, no, absolutely, and there's a lot of kind of do it yourselfers out there, and. So a lot of the people who actually eventually become clients of mine were do-it-yourselfers the, um, because they find that my style is actually kind of conducive to what they were doing themselves. Um, but now they have a sounding board who, um, you know, is more knowledgeable about this phase of their life. So, you know, a lot of times I'll, my clients will have, you know, their own kind of Vanguard stuff or, or Fidelity stuff that they were doing by themselves. And have never worked with an advisor, but then when they they come to the workshop and they they see kind of how I am, the transparency and and in what we do, um, they feel comfortable, you know, working with us. Sure. All right. Well, again, on that note, eight hundred seven zero five nine 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 five. That's the number. Let's jump into a couple of questions here. Uh, Jerry's up first. He says, I'm a single parent. I'm 67, ready to retire. However, I'm anxious about decisions I need to make. My daughter is in her last year of college. I don't have any more money to pay for it. So for her last year, should I take from my retirement monies or get a loan? She's a good kid with some special problems that she overcomes daily. Any advice? Wow. Wow. That's a... Uh... You know, it's fantastic that you're able to do that for your daughter, Jerry. Um, so there's a couple of different ways to get the money that you need. Um, I hate to say take it from your retirement money right now, just because the market is in your 401k is probably down. Um, I don't know if you're actually, um, you know, if you have loans against your 401k already or not. Um, so you might, that might not even be an option. So it, you'd maybe have to do just a straight withdrawal. So I, I'm, I'm less inclined to steer you in that direction. That being said, um, if you're doing some type of a personal loan or uh, even a student loan, your, your interest rates are going to be 
significant. So uh, what I would look at is your overall situation and um, where you're at in terms of cash in the bank. Um, if you own your home, how much equity do you have in your home? Um, I don't know how much the tuition bill is, but um, if this is her final year of school and you could do some type of a home equity line of credit for enough to get you the tuition, I think that would at least buy you some time um, even if you ultimately end up taking the money out of your retirement plan, it would buy you some time from a, a tax standpoint and a market recovery standpoint um, to kind of act as a bridge. And then you could um, pay that home equity line down either with targeted withdrawals from your retirement accounts later on. Um, but that's something that you would want to sit down and have a plan for. All right. Uh, again, 800-705-9995, Jerry, if you'd like to uh, give him a call. And uh, Marty has a question. He says, <laughs> he says he's got a lot of problems. He says the stock market's my problem. My 401k is my problem. What are the chances? He says, I retire and the stock market crashes. All my plans are upside down. What do I do with my 401k now? My original plan, as recent as last month, was to draw down my 401k and use it approximately, uh, use approximately 200000 to renovate my house. Now, should I take a loan or keep my plan the way it is? Ooh, well, yeah, so let's start off with the first part of that question, Marty, which is the stock market is my problem. And so um, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's something that I think a lot of people out there are, are, are feeling right now. I, I remember early in my career, um, I had this client that used to always come in when the market was down and she'd say, Oi, my shorts are up and my longs are down, boopy, I don't know what to do. And so uh, I worked in New York earlier in my career. Yeah, could you tell me? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, you know, that's what I think a lot of people are feeling. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tense, right? And so the, the main thing you want to know is, can, are you still okay? And what you have to ask yourself is, when is this market going to recover and how long will it take to recover? Um, so if, if my thesis is correct and say it takes about 15 months to recover, okay. could you delay Marty, your renovations by, you know, a year or so? Um, I, I, for most people, I would think the answer to that is yes, unless it's something that like you have no roof on your house. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I would say probably the better, the better thing to do is probably not what you want to hear. Uh, would be to delay renovations. But again, we would need to to look at that and, and again, make that decision in the context of a plan. But great question. And I'm sure it's, it's something that uh, a lot of people out there are thinking about. So now if you've already, you know, started and your kitchen's already torn out and your bathroom's already torn out, um, maybe it makes sense to try and same kind of advice as what I gave Jerry to try and get a loan for the short term um, and, and, uh, and see if, if it, you know, when the market comes back, start to kind of pay down that loan. Sure. All right. Again, it's 800-705-9995. And on that note, we are up against the clock, Steve. Yeah, no, we, a lot of great questions that come in and keep sending them in. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners. We do have, uh, a couple of spots left. If you want to call in, we'd be happy to sit down with you, put together a plan. And, uh, we thank you so much for listening, Orlando. 
Hey, again, it's a phone call away to get things rolling. 800-705-9995. Get it, your, take this opportunity to, to do what Steve just said. Sit down, get a financial roadmap put together. A true practical financial review is in order, and it starts with that call to 800-705-9995. You're going to get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see, yep, this is where I am today. But more importantly, you'll walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. Steve has always a fast-paced show, but such good information today. Yeah, I know we love doing it, and uh, we'll be back here again next week. Enjoy your Sunday evening. The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio!